Not long ago, in a far-off corner of a place called the Internet, a revolution was born. Forged in the fires of common experience, the survivors of a mysterious movie known only as A Talking Cat came together. Their purpose, to dissect this fascinating failure of a film and broadcast their findings through the cosmos in hopes that future generations might learn from their mistakes. Some would call them heroes, others would call them mad, but despite the grueling road ahead of them, the group would take up the Sisyphean task and become a talking cast? Are they adventurers, sinner as a savior's or Are they demented, love the punishment, I can't be sure But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force To make your life so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor Alright, you're listening to A Talking Cast The A Talking Cat podcast that nobody asked for uh, My name is Kevin, I'm here today with my special guest Lan, how are you, Lan? Hi, I'm great, really glad to be back for squeezing in before the end here That's right, we are down to the wire, folks, and if you've been following along with all 80, well, to this point, 83 episodes, first of all, thank you. Secondly, <laughs> do you have nothing better to do with your life? Do you listen to 83 minutes of this crap? I mean... <laughs> I know I know for a fact, like, I'm still behind, I'm catching up, but I know for a fact that a friend of mine has caught up to date on everything. I mean, to me, and I, and I said this the last time I was on, it was enough torture watching 83 minutes of the movie, let alone <laughs> listening to 83 podcasts of people talking about the movie. But hey, you know, we, we do this because somebody out there likes it, and, and we thank you for that. So. Because, because we have fun putting ourselves through torture and doing it for your amusement. So, Lan, so today we're talking about episode uh, 83, which is minute 82 for you following along at home. Uh, and that is uh, that is putting us dead center into the credit sequence, because nothing says entertaining radio like people talking about credits on the screen. <laughs> so, so we uh, we start out with uh, with the credits. Uh, interestingly enough, and, and I was saying to you off air, uh, you know, I was watching through the credit sequence and wasn't paying attention to what time code I was looking at, and I ended up watching the full credit sequence like five times, realizing, oh wait, we don't need to start at the beginning; we need to start in the middle. And and it's funny because um, our first credit is for introducing Daniel uh, Danis, Danis, okay, yeah, I guess as Trent. That's the second time that credit comes up. Is it really? I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, in the in the early part of the credits when they're going through all of the characters and they're doing that bit where hey, we show you three clips of them throughout the movie and then splash their name up there. It he gets an introducing Daniel Danis as Trent. And now we just have the the single card, white on black, um, introducing Daniel Dennis as Trent. So we've been introduced to him twice now, and and if you've listened to these previous shows, you know that Trent is my favorite character. He, he is everybody's favorite, and we are now intimately familiar with his introduction. This <laughs> they they want him in your face, Danny Dennis, next superstar. Oh, he could be the next big thing. He could be the next Ralph Macho. I actually have his name written down in my notes as Danny Dannerson because I couldn't remember what it was at the moment. <laughs> You took terrible notes leading I did. into this I thing. didn't finish one of the words. Danny Dannerson <laughs> is this guy's name. <laughs> so Danny Danny Dennis, uh, he has, interestingly enough, had like no career after this, from what I can tell. This was not the springboard superstardom that we all hoped it would be. Unfortunately. Um, that's, that is a true shame, because, <laughs> like I said, Trent is the only character in this movie who's not either horrifyingly socially awkward 
or an insufferable dick. Everybody else falls into one of those two categories. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's true, and and then he's the one that uh, has to fall off the radar. That's too bad. I mean, he's this poor fellow. Like I said in the last episode, he doesn't even get a good ending. You know, when they're at the end of the movie, they're going over, oh, well, you know, uh, app to identify clothes. That took off, and that's whatever. Her springboard of success. And uh, the young lovers, they got to frolic in the pool. And, oh, and Phil found love with uh, blah, blah, blah. And and we there's no mention of Trent. He's totally left out of that. Even Duffy doesn't give a shit about him. And he was the one like that had I think the most of existential of crises. Like everyone else's problems were I think probably solvable on their own. And poor Trent's the one who's like, you know, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't have any direction. My sister is really set on this thing, and I don't know if I should follow or or what. And then nothing. We get nothing on this poor kid. Now, now maybe that is you know to the advantage of Trent because he didn't rely on a talking cat to solve his life problems. So maybe Duffy just doesn't know. Maybe Trent went on to great success and said, "You know what? I'm not going to tell this cat what I'm doing because screw this cat. He didn't try to help me. Just wander so, off into the sunset." That's right. So you know, Trent is he's wandering around out there as the the man with no name, and and things are going great for him. And then uh, and Duffy doesn't know because Duffy doesn't care. Because much like everyone else, Duffy's a bit of a dick. And speaking of Duffy, uh, our next credit is for superstar or Hollywood superstar Eric Roberts as the voice of Duffy. Laziest performance you've ever heard? I would have to say yeah, because it really just sounds like you know he's been recording this whole thing on his cell phone in his bathroom. What do you think he was doing while he was recording? Because there there have been conversations around this. Some people claim uh, he was probably drunk. Some people think, yeah, he was probably laying in bed. What do you think Eric Roberts is? Because he's clearly not in a recording studio like, you know, a professional would be. I think it's just like a Sunday morning, and he's like, I guess I better just kick this out. And he's got a coffee in front of him in the newspaper, and he's reading it and just kind of half looking at the lines in front of him and just getting them done and push them out of the way so that he can get on with the rest of his weekend. <laughs> so he's reading a story about, you know, the, the crisis in the Middle East, and then, oh, yeah, and then the cat said, uh, da 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 The cat <laughs> yeah. went, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> And then, of course, he provided the the voice behind behind the face, behind the the body, behind the uh, CGI'd mouth uh, that belonged to Squeaky, Squeaky the cat. I think they should have stuck with that name. I like that name for a cat. Yeah, did you really need to change it to Duffy? Duffy. Honestly, like, and I, you know, I wonder that about a lot of movies. Honestly, like, you know, you watch a movie that's got a dog or a cat in it. Uh, you know, especially I think back to when I was a kid, and uh, you, you had a lot of movies uh, in the in the late eighties, early nineties, starring animals, and it was always like, you know, uh, Jimbo as Bingo. Well, like, why why couldn't the the dog just be named Jimbo? Like, that's, yeah, I mean, it's an animal that's used to what its name is already, and you have to call it something else, or or. I don't know. Like, is it that integral to the story that this this cat was named Duffy? Like, was that did the did the story of a talking cat really hinge on Duffy? It couldn't have just been Squeaky. Maybe Duffy is like the last name of, of an investor in this movie, and <laughs> and like Dakota's like, yeah, I promise, uh, I'll uh, name the cat after you. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> oh, my kids will love it. Here's <laughs> here's an extra twenty bucks. You go make your movie, kid. So then we were treated to some scenes of Duffy being, or I'm sorry, Squeaky being tormented, presumably by his trainer, uh, with a uh, Christmas ribbon of some sort. Yeah, like a like a, a streamer or something, which, uh, while I was watching it earlier, my cat was sitting in my lap and became entranced with this, so like it's uh, apparently just uh, entrancing to these cats. Like, So so I was going to ask, so I have a dog, but you, you were saying, oh, fair, you have a cat. Yeah. Um, is, 
is that something you do with your cat? Do you torture it like that? I, I don't know if I would consider that torture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, string is just you, irresistible to cats in all forms, and uh, <laughs> even even apparently on video form because like it's, she doesn't usually look at the screen or anything while she's sitting here and could not keep her eyes off the screen. The even with the later clips uh, in this in this minute, uh, really so- squeaky, yeah. So maybe we maybe we misjudged this movie from the very beginning. Maybe this movie wasn't intended as some weird kids movie because really it doesn't function as a kids movie. Uh, maybe this is actually one of those movies that you know they show up on those special app channels they have on your smart TV to entertain your cat. Yeah, it's you know. a movie made for cats. Uh, it makes a little more sense. It was uh, made for and by cats. So Squeaky has been tormented this whole time by his trainer. Uh, and and this is the the one I really wanted to get to because this is the one where I kind of felt like you know what, I want to do a little research here and find out what this guy has done. So the animal trainer on this movie is a guy named Jim Lesky, which I really thought was just a guy whose cat they borrowed and decided that they needed to call him something in the credits and called him an animal trainer. And that's not fair. just not just guy with laser pointer and cat. <laughs> no, that's that's <laughs> definitely fair. But he does have four credits to his name. Really? Uh, as an animal trainer. Um, I think all with the same people. Uh, it was a talking cat, an Easter bunny puppy, which has been mentioned on the show previously. Oh, uh, yes. It might get its own special episode, I've been told. Uh, it's also a couple of short films, uh, Guide and Edge of the Woods. And, and that's all well and good, but... What I find to be his most interesting credit. There, there was, uh, I don't think the network exists anymore, but Spike TV was a network at one point. Oh, yes. It might actually still be. And they, they had a show on, and the show was called A Thousand Ways to Die. Oh, yes, I have seen that. Just remember that show, okay? And that show would give you little vignettes about just ways you could die, because that's something that concerns us all as human beings. Well, it turns out that Jim Lesky played himself on an episode of A Thousand Ways to Die, because you see, he's not merely an animal trainer to low-budget family films starring puppies and kittens. No, no. He is a safari guide. Oh, goodness. Yes. Jim Lesky apparently portrays a safari guide himself on A Thousand Ways to Die, talking about how uh, a young couple could get uh, murdered by animals in the jungle. I have not actually seen the episode myself. This is just what I'm going by on his IMDb page. I'm also not clear if he's an actual African safari guide or, you know, just going with the theme of this movie, it's totally possible he just works at Six Flags in the Animal Adventure Park. Uh, one of those two things is totally true. I don't know which one it is, but it's a Six Flags is kind of a safari. Well, you know they got the part where you can drive through, and the monkeys always steal your antenna off your car, and yeah, you know it's growing up in Jersey. You're always warned. You never want to go through the safari in Six Flags. Yeah, I've always place. heard to avoid it like the plague. It's a terrible place. <laughs> so, but, uh, so, I thought it was actually confusing at first when you say someone played themselves on an episode of A Thousand Ways to Die because I always thought that was true stories of. How people have died, and I was like, "Wait, how can you play yourself on an episode yes. of A Thousand Ways to Die?" That's did he <laughs> as a ghost of himself. Our credits continue, and we get into the. Le- le- I, I don't want to put these guys down because these are the union workers of, of, of I guess Hollywood or wherever the hell this was filmed, Malibu, actually. Yeah. But um, you know, you got your gaffer Frank Garbutt. Uh, that might be your gar there. Oh, that know. might be my gar. Yeah, I don't okay. know what I was going to say about a gaffer. Uh, yeah, it's just like you said. Like we have our gaffer, and then we have our our sound guys, and it's just they're the guys that show up and do their work and go home. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know, you get camera assistants, and uh, <laughs> there's not a whole lot to say about these guys. I mean, this is just kind of, you know, they are who they are, and and more power to them. So just so they can get their names out there, Frank Garbutt is our gaffer. Our sound recordists 
Is that a word? Recordists? Sound recordists? Yeah, I thought that sounded a little... I feel like little, that should be sound recorders. A little awkward, too. Or just, you know, sound technicians or something would have been... Technicians is a better word. Yeah. Let's upgrade them. Sound technicians, Andy Theus and Daryl Williams. So good on you, fellas. Thanks so much for your help here. And our camera assistants were Dustin Yates and Al Pittman. We've covered all that. So, so those guys got their name out there. They're probably going to get more recognition from having appeared on our podcast than they did actually in the movie because I can't imagine anyone watched the credits all the way through unless they were recording a podcast about it. They can pop this on their resume. <laughs> exactly. I want to see this pop up on their IMDb page. <laughs> Mentioned in. <laughs> so, so, you know, that, that kind of wraps up our, our credit sequence anyway. So let's let's get to well, the warm. We actually had a, a little, another little uh, scene of uh, Squeaky there running around on a porch but chasing a, a laser pointer in between our uh those cards there which is another great way to torment your cat i'm hurt yep yeah. yeah uh apparently laser pointers can be really frustrating to them because they can't actually catch the laser pointer so it can i've heard of the it, certain cats it can like make them neurotic i don't know if that's true or not <laughs> but that's what i've heard oh man that's what i want is a neurotic cat <laughs> You know, the chase and, you know, if you play with a, a physical toy, they can catch it and they've got that satisfaction and you can't do that with a laser pointer just disappears. And then what do they do? They go crazy. <laughs> oh, man. They go from just being antisocial to being antisocial and neurotic. <laughs> oh, cats. <laughs> so, 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 Len, give me your thoughts on this movie as a whole. Like, what uh, what was your favorite scene? Uh, what really stands out to you from your times watching it? Uh Tell you me know, something about a talking cat. I was just actually just rewatching a bit of it this morning, and it was the first time I watched it. We, my friends and I, were watching it at a party, and like at like towards the end of it, and uh, had many many drinks in us. And you know, when you have a dozen people in the room, uh, all just yelling things at it, it just seemed a lot worse at the time than I thought it was. And I was rewatching it now, and it wasn't as bad as I remembered. I mean, I'm not saying that it is good by any standards but i just remember it not being as as torturous but at this point maybe i'm just used to it i i don't know i've heard so much about it i've i've seen it twice now and uh maybe i've just become immune to its powers you're kind of um, going through a talking cat stockholm syndrome like you've, yeah. just, you've grown to accept your captor for what it is i'd have to say my favorite part uh the part that i remember laughing the most at the first time watching it around was um uh, Duffy in the bandages, just like <laughs> someone just tossed streamers over this cat and called it a day. <laughs> it, well, there was no cat costume designer, apparently. No, so. apparently not. At least not in our minute. Let me ask you, you said the first time you watched it was at the context of a party. Was this a party at someone else's house, or was this like you threw a party just so you could have friends come over and then force them to watch the movie? This was at um, a party that my uh, at my friend's house. We do... Um, about quarterly, something that we call uh, Drunken Finger Painting Night, okay. which is where we'll have some drinks and watch a really bad movie and then uh, draw and paint about it afterwards. And the results are usually pretty hilarious and also pretty angry because we'll, we have just watched a really bad movie and have had several drinks in us. <laughs> and uh, we had just watched, I don't remember what, I think we had just watched Sgt. Pepper's. And which was my choice. And I thought that everyone was just going to, to murder me because that movie was, you know, so terrible. Uh, and then to wind it down, we popped on, you know, yet another bad movie. And it just happened to be a talking cat uh, because I believe the episode of the Flophouse on it had just come out. My friend was like, hey, we need to watch this. So we put it on and the rest is history. Wow. So were the finger paints done about Sergeant Pepper or about a talking cat? 
Uh, they were about Sergeant Peppers, but I kind of want to, in the future, see if we can do one uh, specifically for this movie. Because like, that's some art I would like to see. Angry Duffy art. Yes. <laughs> yeah. you, like, everyone should be required to like bring their pet over for that party. And like, <laughs> your, your pet can paw paint after a talking cat. I, yes. think, I think that's where the true genius is. We, we can use it as like pet therapy, too, after we're done. And we can calm down and... Right. Out, pet some dogs and cats and relax. Okay, you meant pet therapy for yourself. I was thinking about those poor neurotic cats that have been chasing lasers for years. <laughs> so. Yeah, they need it too. <laughs> Special type of therapy, therapy for them. They get to watch the movie and kind of decompress. And you, know, you get to enjoy real cats, not cats on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I need, I, I've said in the past my favorite moment in this movie, and again, the reason that I just can't imagine why this is supposed to be a children's film at any point is when Phil decides he's going to go for a jog and he stands in front of the mirror wearing a t-shirt that says in Spanish the translation is one fucking day at a time. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) And like I don't know if it was a situation where they just said you know there is no costume designer here guys just bring whatever you're going to wear which is probably what happened. I mean that happens on a lot of low budget movies. You supply your own clothes. And, uh, and, and, you know, uh, Johnny Winters decided he was going to have a little fun with it and, you know, wear a t-shirt because <laughs> obviously this is never getting an international release. But, um, but then I picture some poor kid, you know, in the United States where the second most spoken language is Spanish, watching it with his mom and his dad and, you know, they're suffering through it and then they see one fucking day at a time pop up on the screen and they lose their shit over it. I just can't imagine that not one person on a set in California like didn't speak Spanish and looked at that one. Maybe we shouldn't go with that one. Let's, uh, can, can we get him a 49ers t-shirt or something? <laughs> just just something a little less offensive. No? No, that's all we have? All right, great. Let's go with it. No one's going to notice. No one's maybe gonna maybe that was it. the only shirt on set that would fit him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's uh, I'm I'm also a bigger fella so it's it's not right for me to laugh at him being a bit of a chubster but yeah he is. So, um, <laughs> might have been the only shirt they had access to. I mean unfortunately like as we've noticed throughout the the movie and I mentioned in the podcast like they, none of the clothes that they give this poor man seem to fit him quite right. Yeah, no that's true. Uh, but what, and again, I, I still think this all came from his personal closet. And he hasn't really had a hit show since the 60s, so sadly that, that might just be all the clothes he can afford. He's probably a frequent Goodwill shopper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely seems like a, a good thrift store shirt. <laughs> I, I used to work at a thrift store uh, sorting their t-shirts and clothes and stuff, and you would find some real gems. And that's what it jumped out to me like, too. Really? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I think uh, that covers pretty much everything we have to say about the minute anyway and then any other thoughts on the movie that you'd like to uh leave the audience with uh, as as we wind down the how about the thoughts of the podcast i i'm really glad that i uh decided to uh join in and give my thoughts on this movie i was really nervous about it because i've got like bundles of stage fright and i really had to talk myself into doing it and i'm really glad i did it it's been great and i look forward to our future projects now have you uh, have you ever done a podcast in the past or was this your no. first experience this is my very first one okay <laughs> all right well <laughs> it's a hell of a way to break yourself into the <laughs> into the hobby anyway uh, so uh, i i myself I, I do a couple of shows uh, one of the one of the shows that's um currently up and running is it's not casablanca and i'll just give a little plug right now for that uh you can check us out at uh, it's not casablanca.com our newest episode coming up is 
Uh, tonight, actually, we're going to be recording something. Uh, Tomorrowland. <laughs> Tomorrowland is being recorded tonight. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing very mixed things about it. So. Yeah. Here's hoping. It was it was either Tomorrowland or San Andreas. I'm like, I can't I can't put the rock above Brad Bird as much as I'd really love to. So. Oh, man. So, yeah, so uh, check us out on itsnotcasablanca.com. But, uh, but Lan, I think we're going to wrap things up here. Um, again, it's I've had a blast on my, I guess now, ninth episode of, of a talking cast, and I look forward to our future projects as well. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off at this point. So my name is Kevin, and with me as always, or not as always, but with me today is Lan. And uh, and thanks so much, guys. Uh, have a good night. Thanks. Goodbye. Minute by minute. That's so they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. The talking cast is about to begin. That was episode 83 of A Talking Cast. Your host was Kevin Brady, with guest Lan L. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kovaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. That's right. It's there's a name for people like us. I think it's called masochists. Um, 